Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 9, Land Nav, Technology, and Community. My name is Jeremy, and as always, I will be your host. Today, I am joined by Wandering Hoosier, a civilian who has brought Land Nav to the forefront of a lot of people's focus recently, and a big advocate for the modern Minuteman. Here, we will discuss a wide range of topics in regards to Land Nav, modern technology that will aid you in the field, as well as the current state of the community and where it might be going. So, without any more delay, let's begin. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder yeah. Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward no. Strength in numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder All right, Hoosier, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, dude. It is an absolute pleasure. I think this is going to be a very good episode. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, honestly. So everybody that uh, is probably listening to this knows who you are, but if you want to give a little explanation about who Wandering Hoosier is, what you've done, and what you're about, go ahead. You have the floor. Uh, Basically, I'm just a dude on Instagram that talks about land nav and a few other topics. <laughs> But uh, I'm just a normal civilian dude that goes to college and likes training, likes preparedness. Kind of a nerd in some aspects, but that's pretty much it, honestly. Nothing special at all. There you have it, guys. Wandering Hoosier is not ex-Special Forces. He's just a man. All right. Yeah, well, I'm not this that is... cool. <laughs> None of us are. Even the ones that yeah. are that cool, they're not that cool. Nah. That is, that's one thing I've learned through time is nobody's as cool as you may think they are. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, um, specifically land nav. So, you know, why, what sparked your interest in land nav? Because your whole page, it's kind of mixed in content, but it's pretty land nav yeah. focused. Well, I talked about it the other, it might have been last week. Somebody asked me how I got started in it and... I think it was 2018, 2017, whatever the hell it was. I got Arma 3 on my PC, and I started playing with a group of dudes, and the guy that was, like, one of my buddies that was playing, he was a 10-year vet in the National Guard. And he started, like, teaching a bunch of us, like, the basics of land nav, and then blah, 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 we play some games, we do some stuff. And then, basically, they needed somebody to call in artillery for one of the sessions that we were playing. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. That sounds cool. So, they sent me some information. I looked it over. And I basically made a kind of dumbed-down version for people in Arma on how to call in artillery. And then it kind of swapped over to, like, calling in airstrikes. Because you can do both of that in Arma 3 since it's like a little simulator game. And from there... After playing armor for like a couple of years, I started like uh, reading just field manuals, different books, watching YouTube videos, pretty much just learning as much as I possibly could about it and getting out into the woods, actually doing land nav, since that's pretty, pretty important. And that's just how it got. I just learned a bunch of stuff, basically just learned on my own, self-taught. I had a, asked a few guys some questions back in the day, but yeah, I'm just basically piqued my interest i thought it was cool nobody else was really doing it they weren't like oh that's kind of pointless i'm like i mean we are playing a game but 
could be worth it to learn. Whatever. Yeah. So I did. Land nav is definitely. Now we're here. Land nav is definitely um, under focused and underutilized. I think by yeah. a lot of people. Honestly, I don't blame them because it is pretty. Bo- it's like definitely a boring topic. Like you're just staring at a map, but even with the the boringness, it's pretty damn important. If you can tell where you are and know know where you're going and not get lost for yourself, a team, a bigger team, in all sorts of different situations, like mm-hmm. you're probably pretty well off. Being able to know that's pretty good, in my opinion. It's also difficult. There's two things that's difficult about it. Is one, a lot of people don't know where to get like good grid maps. Ooh, here we go. And that will obviously be something we talk about. Yeah. And then another part about it is that it's it's not that it's not applicable, but it's just not used very much. Like even guys who train often, whether you're a flat ranger or you're a you know basement larper, like you know guys don't utilize land nav pretty much for anything. I mean, unless you're planning a really mm-hmm. large exercise and purposefully put that into like the you know the objectives of that training, like you're not going to use land nav. I think we've been spoon-fed navigation through GPS for the past decade and a half. For sure. So everybody's gotten lazy. But I th- honestly, where to get maps is probably my most asked question over the entirety of my account. Mm-hmm. So You want to dive into that and, a little bit? Yeah. Honestly, as far as getting paper maps or printing your own paper maps, highly, highly, highly recommend you go make an account with CalTopo. 100%. Free to make, they have all sorts of different symbols and different tools you can use, different layers. Free to print, free to make, free to use, everything. It is legit. Highly recommend. Um, For those that US don't know, G- oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the U.S. Geological Service or Survey, whatever the hell their acronym is, they I think they're sixteen bucks, twenty bucks. They're they're normally the bigger maps. Like the hiking maps that you that people see, mm-hmm. they're okay. Uh, My Topo is a similar as the USGS, and they do. I think their maps are sixteen to twenty bucks as well. You can get them printed on a few different types of paper. So I think they do uh, right in the rain paper actually. Oh, wow. So if you wanted to go that route, it's a little bit more expensive, but yeah, I have a few of them actually. I keep them for like my uh, my local area, my county, and any specific spots that I'm at there a lot. I'll have one. I'll keep them in my room. Nice. And then if we're doing like smaller trips, like just like little weekend training events, I'll do smaller maps just of the AO. Then if I need anything bigger, I'm I'm breaking a cardinal sin here, but I just have my phone and my GPS. So for those that don't know, we I, we just put up a YouTube video like two weeks ago, probably at this point at the time this is being recorded, on how to use CalTopo and some of its features and whatnot. I utilized the paid one of the paid accounts. Because I mm-hmm. like having the higher resolution and being able to print the bigger maps, but the but the free yeah. method is also you know sufficient if you're just getting into land nav. The only uh, service that I really pay for for mapping is with Onyx, and if you don't know what Onyx is, you need to fix that immediately. I don't know what Onyx is. Apparently, I need to fix myself. Onyx is a hunting app. They have uh, oh, actually okay, never mind. my phone. They have where's it at? They have Onyx Hunt, Onyx Backcountry, and Onyx Off-Road. Yeah. And basically, Onyx Hunt, which is the one that I mainly use, gives you... You can either pay like 30 bucks a year for your state, or 100 bucks a year for the entirety of the United States. 
and basically it gives you property lines it tells you who owns the property mm-hmm. it tells you public land private land uh government owned land tells you all this different kind of land data tells you crop data what kind of trees are in the area if it's wetland marsh swamps bogs i do remember Un- now. yeah there's it's just like insane there's a few guys that use gaia that i know Gaia's not bad uh i don't prefer it as much as i prefer onyx i think that, onyx is a lot better let say is that an app yes i think they have a website as well gaia gps is the... have you have you ever used the app or, or heard of the app uh tactical nav uh i think i actually have that yeah they, they're they're another one that has a free and then also like a paid version mm-hmm. um it's pretty it's pretty good app i don't u- i don't utilize it as much as i should but it's kind of like the simulator we were talking about before the podcast mm-hmm. where from your phone you can plot like nato standardized nato symbols of like force positions and all that kind of stuff <laughs> There's a there's another app called Sitrep. It's like a poor man's ATAC, mm. and you can do that same thing with NATO symbols and all that. But you can do I think there's a paid fee for where you can run it like ATAC for like Blue Four tracking. Mm. It's not as in depth as ATAC, but like if you're on a budget and you're stupid and you don't want to figure out how to program all the things to make ATAC work, which I do not blame you at all, it could be worth it to you. I think, is I'm not sure. Still how it only is. for Android. Uh, they just came out with iTac. Really? Uh, it's not very good. No. So, I think they just updated it to where it can be used with a eight or an Android-based free tax server. I'm not sure the technological. Yeah, that, is, that is beyond my understanding. For it. Yeah, I just I, another buddy set it up for us, so I'm thankful to him. But uh, yeah, it's got some. I mean, it's cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's really nice for for like planning and mapping stuff and getting like sending data packages out to everybody so they know what the hell's going on. As it far as a, physical maps go, that you like to keep on your person or in your pack or whatever it has to be, do you have mm-hmm. a preferred like paper size that you like, like eleven by eighteens, the classic eight point five by elevens? So, like, what do you like? I'm normally the maps that I hand out to dudes when we go do training. This is going to sound weird. Everybody gives a shit about it. Is they're normally six by eight or seven by nine, and I cut I cut all of the outside off. I cut up into the MGRS grids, and I cut everything else off. And I give all of the very specific data that they need, like the declination, north, mm-hmm. uh, specific points of interest. I'll mark, and then I'll write what those are on the back. But that I don't do. I don't like handing out. And I don't like keeping a massive map on me at all. I think it's yeah. massive kind of a maps, hassle. Massive maps are kind of a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And I like having big, like the third, like the thirty-six by forty-eight that I print yeah. from like Staples. Those are mm-hmm. awesome, but they are a pain to look around. Yeah. If you're trying to. If you look at my Instagram, you should be able to see some of the small ones that I have. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're missing out on a massive part of the the place of where you're going but at the same time we're never more than like in an area that's 10 miles by 10 miles if that like yeah. we're not in a very big area so you really i mean you could i'm not going to say don't have a big map but i like the little the little cut six by eight seven by nine size maps mm-hmm. just enough info again if you need more data 
get on your phone and get a GP or, or get on your phone or you have your GPS. I mean, you should have pace plan for both of those things. Mm-hmm. If you're whatever happens, happens. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the small map. It just I, much I more handy. I, I hate using the smaller maps is because if I am trying to cover more area and I've got to make my mm-hmm. grid size bigger, it makes you know obviously everything else yeah. smaller on the map, and then I feel like I feel like. If I'm just in a tiny area, then all my dots are right on top of each other, and I'm like, ah. I will say, I think that I'm kind of lucky in the aspect, because most of the time, the area that we train at is very flat. So I'll just use satellite imagery and do 1 by 50,000, and it's pretty good. You get decent enough detail. It's relatively flat, so... I mean, there's ways around that if you know what you're doing. You, obviously, you can't terrain associate, but if you can get bearings of roads and just basic, well, terrain associate with roads in a way, obviously, it's the, not a very good definition of how you'd look at it, but that's basically how you do it. <laughs> it's not too bad. No. Um, I guess with with that, you talk about terrain features and whatnot, that kind of comes into... Mm-hmm. Our next kind of little talking point we've got here is, you know, the importance of land nav and kind of its relation to planning or, or you know, your tactical planning. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts and opinions on that? Just a general general scope. I'm not going to say I'm some expert planner by any means. I help a little bit when we do our trips. I'm normally just the whoever's running the trip sends me the the grid data and I will plot that and I'll write it down and then come up with some routes but as far as planning in an aspect having well let's just talk about it in a land nav aspect Mm -hmm. if you can give primary secondary and tertiary rights routes uh, main points rally points patrol bases all that extra nonsense if you're able to give guys at least a simple location of where that is just like a eight digit grid and you can do that pretty quick. That and how do I say this? I've never really been never really talked about this. Um, as long as you can plot the data that's given to you and help the guy who's actually planning and make it easy to understand for not only him but the guys that are actually doing the mission. I mean, you just did your job. So, I think you know definitely putting things on paper during the planning process. Mm-hmm. Um helps paint the picture for you once you're in the field even if you're not like even like just by terrain association yeah and if it's especially if it's a place you're familiar with if you Mm -hmm. approach you know whatever um a saddle and along a a hill ridge or whatever that might be you're Mm -hmm. like oh i remember from you know the briefing we did looking at the maps that on the other side of this there is xyz and I know that because we talked about this major terrain feature that's right in front of me and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's also, it's like what we kind of talked about before the podcast is just being able to track not only the enemy troop movements or, you know, you know whatever the situation may be. You know, it doesn't even have to be an enemy. You could be mm-hmm. doing things for a natural disaster or whatever. Just being able to track troop movement in general, yours and whoever else's, real time is is a very beneficial skill and ability to have. Definitely. I would say that is probably the pinnacle of land nav. If you can be if you can track your unit 
and another unit or more at the same time and you know exactly where they are at 80% of the time that's pretty damn good especially on a paper map obviously when you get into ATAC it's just whoever has ATAC and it's live feeding pretty easy but if you can do that on a paper map when it matters and you're whether you're in training or if it's for real it's very very underrated skill that's pretty tough so mm -hmm. I, I think, think that's and I think even from like the veteran perspective, you know, a lot of veterans probably overlook a lot of those skills, even like the infantry side of guys. But like if, if you're a veteran if, and you've never been inside of, you know, a headquarters tent at a FOB and see like the real time troop movement tracking that's going on and all of the moving parts, like it's one hell of an operation, regardless of the element size. It could even just be a company, just all everything that goes into mm -hmm. tracking what's going on, where troop movements are going, coordinating those troop movements, the logistics behind all of that, and just the ever the never-ending rotation of all of that. And then on top of that, you're trying to track uh, you know, another force in its whole to the best of your mm -hmm. ability. I don't have... I can't really speak on that because I'm, I'm just a normal civilian dude, but something that. that I take a lot of serious, or like I'm really serious about when we go out, is trying to find the best possible way to get from point A to point B in the safest possible way knowing exactly where we are at all times mm -hmm. so we don't get lost and just yeah it's in my opinion it's more about safety than anything else when it comes to land nav for what we do obviously I'm not guiding companies of people or squads or all this nonsense like I'm just it's normally six to ten dudes and I need to help get them from point A to point B and from point B to point A. That's in the most safest speed or stealth, quote-unquote, manner as possible. So I don't really care how long it takes unless we have some time crunch that we have to meet, which mm -hmm. that's all part of the planning process. But as long as everybody gets there okay, nobody gets hurt, and I was able to get us get us there, I'm, I'm happy. So. I think, and I think another big part of that whole you know, planning process or the follow on effect mm -hmm. of the planning process is obviously nothing, nothing, uh, ever goes completely smooth. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, my local crew, we did a training right back to the end of June or beginning of July. I don't remember one of the two. And, you know, we did an exercise where we inserted into this giant, you know, park wildlife area thing that we train at normally. And they had mm -hmm. tasks on hand and they had grid coordinates where they were supposed to, um, you know, scout out to set up their initial patrol base. Well, when we got on deck, we found that there were campers right where we had planned to, you know, basically conduct all of our operations from. So then real time, we had to go completely off course. And then the guys had to figure out on the map where we actually ended up getting dumped at. And then in this metaphorical situation, adapt the plan and all the other coordination with the other metaphorical units to, you know, the situation at hand that we just got dealt. Which is a real thing. I, you can show up to anything yeah. and just get knocked off course. Definitely. I mean, I can talk on exactly that. Last time we were out training, we had used Onyx and ATAC to mark some high-risk areas. Mm -hmm. And the guys that were in front had ATAC, and they were able to see, like, hey, we're getting ready to be at this point. This is a high-risk area. And we had plotted primary route secondary route and tertiary route so the first area we were getting to 
the area that we needed to like pass, there ended up being a bunch of people. So we hit onto that secondary route. Ended up being more people down there, so we ended up going completely off the the uh, previous planes that we'd went. We didn't even hit our tertiary route. And we just kind of laid low that first night and then got up, kind of snuck around a bit to try and not be seen, and then got the hell out of there, and we were able to get to our final point that we needed to be at. But it can be thrown off pretty damn quick. So oh, it's best to have, again, talking about the pace plan, have as many possible options as you can do. So safe possible options. I mean, well, there's a there's time to play it risky. There's time to play it safe. I'm normally a try to play it safe as much as possible guy, but do what you got to do. As long as as long as you get it done, that's all that matters. So. In regards to land nav and like the technology side, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about Onyx and ATAC and all that kind of stuff. You know what? You know what is your thoughts on when that stuff now becomes you know unavailable or you know unsafe to use? Because from a tech perspective, you got to think. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to take your cell phones into the field to if you're if you if your local group actually has to do some sort of operation against a force that may you know possibly be able to pick you up just based on your um, you know cell phone movement. You know what are your thoughts on that for guys that have just overtrained on that perspective? I think the emphasis on studying the map, the paper map, skyrockets like insane. I mean, if you can't use GPS, you can't use phones, you can't use ATAC, you can't use any of the fancy stuff, then you're just going to have to... You're just hard-pressed to be good at the basics. So you need to spend time looking at the map that was provided, study that. I think that's something that if, you, if you're out training with your dudes, have a time of the, of the event where all electronics or communications is quote-unquote down or black or whatever you want to call it, and just hit the basics. Be good on land nav, hand and arm signals, just that. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, there's there's definitely a time to practice with the GPS and the ATAC and Onyx and all these different doodads and different things. But if you if you're really solid at using a map, that is invaluable because it doesn't run out of batteries. If you get it laminated or waterproof, it won't get destroyed in the rain. If you tie it down, it's not going to get lost. I mean. You will always have it on you if you take the correct precautions. So, But if you can't read the map or you don't know any techniques on how to get from point A to point B, then, I mean, you're kind of shit out of luck regardless. So that's why you practice it. And it, I definitely understand it being boring because it is absolutely a boring thing to, to research and look into and read about. But, I mean, if you're the only guy that can read a map out of ten dudes, I mean, you just save those ten dudes' asses. So, mm-hmm. And it's that simple. And it also goes home to drive the point that, yeah, we may have GPS and all that kind of stuff now, but you should have maps now. You don't get maps later. You get maps now. True. Take the time. Uh, I A while back when I first got into it, I went on there. I went to my topo. I got my map of my, what, five-mile radius of my, of my home. I got in there. I wrote down where my house was, and then I picked... Uh, little pinpoints on everybody I know's houses that was like friends and guys who train and all this trying to get uh, quickest routes to their house without using main roads or highways or interstates and things like that mm-hmm. have again 
pace plan, secondary or primary, secondary, tertiary rounds, blah, 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 blah. But if you can do that, I mean, that's that's really starts to build your confidence working with a map because you're sitting there staring at it. As long as you, it's like doing homework. The more you do your homework, the more you study, the better you're going to do on your test. The more you study that map, the more you work with maps. When when the time comes and you're the dude and you have to get all these dudes back, I mean, you're going to be able to do it. So, and that's another good thing. You the point you talked about there was the whole roads and highways type thing is, you know, depending on the situation at hand, you know, just traveling highways mm-hmm. may not be a good option or may not be an option at all. You know, yeah. Highways are highways are dangerous areas in the grand scheme of. You know, when we talk about conflict, not that land nav is all related to conflict, but just from the general conversation perspective, highways are just, you know, death zones. Yeah. Depending depending on who and you're fighting. Here, I have a question for you. So, when was the last time you or someone you knew used a road atlas instead of just typing in a, a brand new address into your phone? It's It's... It's been a long time. Oh, and I'm not going to lie. I do the same thing. I haven't looked at a road atlas in a long time. But there's a bunch of people that don't even have that option. They just rely solely on their phone or the GPS in their car. Mm-hmm. What happens if you you have some sort of electrical problem in your in your car and it goes out? Or your phone's dead or what have you. you I don't know. If you can look at a road atlas and tell exactly where you need to go, that is pretty huge as well. That's a, in my opinion, that's a much harder skill than navigating on foot. Navigating in a car that's moving at however many thirty to fifty miles an hour mm-hmm. in any number of environments is pretty difficult. So. And you should, and, and as a, just a good general practice, you should know how to get home from your common yeah. places of travel more than one way. Absolutely, hundred percent. Especially being able to avoid the highways. If your primary mm-hmm. travel is, you know, highway from home to work every day, you mm-hmm. need to know how to get to work or get home from work not using the highway or not using a specific portion of the highway to avoid traffic and getting off the road and all, all of everything that goes along with that. Absolutely. I think that's, that's actually something that uh, a little mounted land nav is. I'm working on something that's coming up this month on that. Ooh, so. Dear. There you go. You yeah, guys, I'm pretty excited. you guys got a sneak peek. Yeah, a little bit of training that's coming up. I the I made a post about my plate carrier setup for the training today actually, but You did. It was a good one. It's going to be pretty heavy on the mounted land nav. I'm pretty it's excited. Funny. It's funny. First time I've ever really tried it. Somebody beat me to the comment about um, <laughs> being satisfied with the plate with your with your gear setup now or whatever. I am uh, never I'm never satisfied with any of my gear and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> Every time I think I have something set up exactly how I like it, somebody will be like, hey, have you thought about this? And I'm like, no, damn it. I didn't think about that, but that's a good idea. It is a never-ending process with any piece of kit, be it rifle, pistol, belt, chest rig, plate carrier, ruck, vehicle. It's just, it's never-ending. I think I can, I can never come to a conclusion on how many rifle max I want to carry. Oh, dude. This like is just the, on my just on my topic. kit and not my bag. Oh, I just I can never, because sometimes I'm like, you know what? You need ten, you need ten mags on your person, and then other days I think like you're not in the Marine Corps anymore. Like five or six is fine, and then there'll be another day where I'm like, well, what if you need fourteen mags? 
Like I'm a damn IR gunner still. One of my favorite comments I ever got was right at the very tip top of the three mags wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. It was like maybe a month or two after that blew up. I had posted a picture of my chest rig, my plaid attack peacekeeper, and it holds just base configuration holds six mags. Mm -hmm. And somebody just said six mags isn't enough. And I was just like, how did we just go from three mags isn't enough to six plus one not being enough? But be known to them, that rig can hold 19 rifle mags. <laughs> so I couldn't believe it. And it was, this was in like such a short period of time. And that was probably one of the biggest blowups I remember in the community. Was people just freaking out that, I mean, well, I think it's sometimes three mags is enough. But sometimes three mags would be enough. Sometimes one mags would be enough. It all just depends. As with everything, the dreaded Met TC comes to bite you in the ass. I'm in a never-ending battle with myself of being like, <laughs> even like I, just the mindset of being like, civilians, five to six mags on a light load is plenty. You're supposed to be in and out, you know, short conflict. And there's other parts of me where I'm like, why is everyone not built like a rifleman in Baghdad? <laughs> And it's just like constantly back and forth with those two things. This is where I think I had a no, I posted this a while ago on Instagram because I have a I I mean I feel like it's just now starting to get somewhat more pushed for being together. But I wish more civilians and more service members would like shut the fuck up and mm -hmm. just come together and push their experience towards each other and help each other. It's never gonna but happen. I know, and it you, you it listen. really makes me sad because there's so much info that both sides have, oh, so and that much. both sides could share, but there's just so many dickheads that just ruin it for everybody. Did you watch Lucas's video he recently put out about that, about infighting and all that kind of stuff? I I may have skipped it. I don't know. I tried to stay out all of it, but he just generally put up a video about how. You know, people not infighting or not bickering from time to time is just like an mm -hmm. unobtainable goal. Like, that's just going to happen. I agree. Definitely agree. I definitely think there are times where we argue about stuff to an extent that is unreasonable. All of the time? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. There's just... You know, you know the, other, the other big part about this is... We're kind of like skipping ahead, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. The other big part about this is that... Everybody wants to act like they know what is best for everybody based on what they think is going to happen here in the U.S. or, or in the world or wherever. And they're like, this is what's going to happen and this is how you need to be set up for that. When in reality, veteran, special forces, civilian, book nerd, doesn't matter. Nobody has any clue what the hell is going to happen in the next yes. six months, year, five years. Nobody knows, and there's no way to predict it. We have a general mm -hmm. idea. We have no idea to what level of intensity it's going to be. Yes. I think I think that's just part of the woes of social media that everybody wants their opinion heard, which I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people's opinions are fucking stupid. So, But some people just want them just want to be seen as right or they know all and all this nonsense and mm -hmm. it's just fucking old and i'm sure i've said some stupid shit and i'm sure other people have said some stupid shit but oh if you if you haven't said something stupid on social media then you haven't been posting mm -hmm. enough definitely but i think at the end of the day if more dudes from both sides come together and just talk 
and work together. Like I would love to see some of these super high class fucking Marsock, Green Berets, Combat Controllers, Dev Grew dudes just come and train with civilians. Not teaching, not doing anything, just come and train. Just mm -hmm. come out with us. Come out to one of our training events and just hang out, train. Speak up at the end, tell us what tell us something to fix or tell us something you learned or that would be in my opinion absolutely invaluable if more dudes were like that that would be amazing in my opinion there definitely seems to be a very selected side of the veteran community that mm -hmm. does stuff like that and i've noticed it's normally the less high speed guys that do that and they don't even have to be necessarily like super neutered or unexperienced but just like, let's take like uh, John Lavelle from Warrior Poet Society, for example. Mm -hmm. He's a ranger. You know, it's, you know they're, they're up there. They're moving and grooving and whatnot. But he's not, you know, you know, Green Bray Army freaking qualified sniper or whatever the hell Tim Kennedy says. But, oh, God. Let's not even get started with that guy. <laughs> but, you know, John Lavelle pushes, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about and, you know, does so much to build the civilian. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of guys like on that same level. Like, let's take you know Grant Thumb for example. Grant Thumb is not, you know, he's he's you know somewhat high speed. You know, we can all tell. But you know, he tells us many times that he's not, you know, top tier you know type guys. But he's here mm -hmm. doing everything that a lot of other people should be doing. And he's Definitely. probably influenced the community more than probably anybody on the internet period end of story yes i think maybe i'm fangirling a little bit but i think fred from counting to counting coup on instagram is probably well between him and blake waters i think the both of them are the i don't want to say the top two but i mean they give out a lot of damn good information they do. And with a lot of real-world experience. And I know everybody wants to shove that word down other people's throats, but those two dudes know what the fuck they're talking about. And I ask them questions probably all the time. Probably annoy the shit out of them sometimes, but <laughs> they're, they're, they're cool to help. They're down with helping. They like answering questions. So, mm -hmm. And I want to learn. So that's, that's what it's all about, in my opinion. Yeah, if more dudes were like that, I think the community would be a lot better. A way better place. Yeah, Fred Counting Coup. He he posts mm -hmm. a ton of stuff, and I like the way he does it because he does it so casually, in a sense. Yes, I, and I think it you know it makes everybody kind of like open up to listening to it more. Because if you get on there and you just professionally rant for six minutes on an Instagram video, mm -hmm. not everybody's gonna want to listen. But if you kind of take yeah. it lighthearted, in a sense, like he does, you're 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 much more likely to gain. You know, I think. This is slightly off topic, but something that I thought is funny. So, I don't know if you saw, but I, I was able to add a uh, Mossberg shockwave to my plate carrier, and I just did it for shits and giggles. <laughs> and uh, a while back, Fred actually posted a picture of how he did it when he was uh, active duty. I messaged him, I was like, hey, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, how did you, like... Do you have any tips? Obviously, you just did the video, but is there any more tips that you have? And he gave me some. Took me a couple weeks to get everything. I talked to another Green Beret buddy, and he showed me some pictures of his setup. I went and did it, and I tagged him. He was like, dude, this thing's badass. I was like, yeah. I know. 
it's cool. And then I get a whole bunch of DMs like, why do you need that? I'm like, because uh, I, cause I wanted it. Because I want it. It's, That's it's mine. It's, yeah. It's the only reason. I you mean, it. yeah. I mean, I'm not shooting anybody's doors off, but I can, and it's cool. <laughs> so, it, it, this is another, this is a little bit more off topic, but similar. If I, even if you don't like that I have that, and I want to learn it, I should be able to. Sure. Absolutely. And if somebody, and if nobody wants to teach it to me, then I'll just figure it out on my own. And I think that's, that's something that we, that a lot of dudes lack. Absolutely. Is, is if somebody won't teach them, they won't seek the knowledge. They won't, even if it's completely done themselves. Because obviously there's a lot of intricacies intricacies how you say that word i'm stupid Mm -hmm. about using a shotgun breaching a door there's i mean it seems pretty basic like straight to the point but it's really not Mm -hmm. and if nobody's going to give me the information then by god i'm going to figure it out on my own so either you help or i'm leaving you in the dust there's no in between i think that's another problem is that you know people like that with that mindset where it's like if i if i can't learn this i'm going to figure it out on my own if i no one's going to teach it to me i'm going to figure it out i feel like mm-hmm. too many people bash people for that mindset like if you come on to instagram and you're like this is what i'm doing right now xyz and someone's like why would you do that this way blah 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 you're dumb and it's like well nobody taught me otherwise to do it i had to figure it out like what do you mm-hmm. mean like why why what is the purpose of that why why put people down and- like that Exactly. And rather than help them, they just talk shit on them. They don't, I mean, it's, it's stupid. If somebody is, um, if they're completely safe and they're doing one little minuscule thing wrong, and you just want to be a dickhead about it and not help them, then just shut the fuck up. You're not doing anything productive. You're not helping the guy. You're not helping anybody else. You're not doing anything for the community. If somebody wants to learn, you don't have to spoon feed them, but you can lead them in the right direction. Like it's not that fucking hard to just be a good dude and help people. It's really not that hard. But at the same time, you don't have to give every single little detail. Like, oh, here's this resource. Here's this resource. Read this. Read that. This is how we used to do it. That's that's all you got to do. You don't have to break it down in the most simplest of fucking ways. Be a good dude. Help people learn. Share your experience, be it civilian, law enforcement, military, special fucking forces, some spaceship, door gunner, fucking MMA fighter, Tim Kennedy fucking dude. <laughs> Just be a good dude. Just help people. Not that hard, man. I get questions about land nav literally every day. And I've got to help dudes that were going through selection. Dudes that were going through Ranger School, dudes that were going through RASP. I got to help some Marsoc dudes before, which was very cool. Like, I've helped all these people of all these different backgrounds, and I'm literally just a dude from Indiana that got into land now from Arma. I'm not some hard fucking hard charger, door kicking 240 gunner. I'm just a dude from Indiana that picked up a boring hobby, and now I have, I don't even know how many Instagram followers that. I, I, dude, I think it's yeah. like 70,000 or something crazy. Dude, it, it sure as fuck feels like that. I think I'm at like 13-something. But I'm going to go just, look. I it's might, just I might weird, man. Yeah, I think 70,000 may be a bit high. I'm, I might be thinking of somebody else. Probably. 
here. I think my respectable 13,000 plus is cool. You're, you're a 13,000. Who am I thinking about? Who's got damn 70,000? I was like, they. How, how do they have that many? Uh, That could be Lucas, maybe. Oh, no, Lucas, Lucas probably has way more than that. Yeah, Lucas got way more than that. Let's see here. I'm not sure. I'm not the... I'm just the dude. Did Coniferous get the boot? Uh, I don't know. Really, I should I probably look. I can't find him. So I was oh no, he, he changed his name on there to Local Man. <laughs> but he's got he's at he's just lower than I was. He's at thirteen four, I believe thirteen five something. I don't remember who I was thinking about that had that made. I was like, how the hell did they get up that high? That's crazy. I like I think about that all the time too. Is I always get guys that are like. Why did you learn land nav? How did you learn this? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, I just was playing a video game, and I wanted to do these things in the video game, and I needed to learn how to read a map and read terrain. And I just so happened to make an Instagram page because I thought, I mean, even if it wasn't for anybody else, I could just write it out for me. Mm -hmm. And I have 13,000 followers now, and I'm honestly not sure how or why, but... I mean, I I love helping people. I mean, it's cool. I, I obviously don't always talk about land nav. Is there's only a really finite amount of land nav you can really talk about. I have but, lost uh, six accounts, and I am tired of getting deleted. <laughs> I don't doubt it, dude. Oh, actually, talking about uh, this just popped up in my head. What's up? If you're to a point in land nav, I know this is the the most random thing. <laughs> talk about but if you were really like balls deep in the land nav mm -hmm. and you were like I don't know how to get better in my opinion I think the best way to get better at land nav is to practice route planning absolutely be it be it urban rural or mixed and that does Do not mean just draw a line from point A to point B yes use techniques contouring just there's so many different tech I just posted one a few weeks ago called aiming off that I learned about from reading a book about Vietnam and I was just like damn I never even heard of that but that's fucking easy that's cool I'll make a post about it but there's just I mean if you could teach a monkey how to write down a fucking 10 digit grid you could I mean it's easy like it's it's relatively an easy thing to learn there's just a few things that make it somewhat difficult it really, but it, if you can oh, proceed Sorry, I was going to say, it really is an easy topic to learn. If you can plot yes. points and then figure out your azimuths, there's really mm -hmm. nothing you can't do in land nav. Absolutely. I think when I first started, the biggest thing that threw me off was declination. Mm. But that once I figured that out, I was just like, okay, yeah, this shit is very easy. But well, if you can get... Oh, proceed again. Nope, go ahead. <laughs> uh, just back to the route planning. If you just get... Like, if you just take a map and you put a point at the top of a mountain and a parking lot, find five ways to get to, just to get there, from the parking lot to the top of the mountain. Find five ways. Safe, maybe do, like, number one being the easiest, number five being the most difficult as far as safety. <laughs> if you can do that over and over, I think that helps more than anything else. Especially in the planning process, like, as we talked about, uh, the what was it? The first time I ever went to train with Coniferous, we were in Kentucky, and I had never done any hiking or anything in Kentucky. 
Dude, I was fat as shit then, and I was dying. <laughs> it was, I was. We got some well, callers out here. Dude, we can we can talk about that after this. Right. <laughs> it was an experience. Um, but we had to get from this parking area all the way down to across this this uh, well, not a river, but more it was like a creek. It was a fast moving creek. And the whole time I was, I didn't like, I didn't want to uh, like annoy him with, hey, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. But I was just like, hey here's an idea obviously i've never trained with you guys but i want everybody to stay safe and not die so here's an option let's do this route and he was like okay and then i was like okay cool <laughs> and then yeah i was just like this is i mean this is the most relatively flat i know some guys are carrying a decent bit of gear uh i have no idea the fitness level of these people i have they have no idea of the fitness level of me and all like there's a lot of different things to take into account but if you just make it safe flat and relatively not dangerous you're good flat but if you have fat people with you Kentucky. then you're fucked so actually we could talk about that now when i first went to training with them i was 230 pounds and i was 280 pounds in kit and when we got there i was like these are small mountains they're just really big hills and i was just like oh this shit is going to suck. I'm in shape for Indiana, not Kentucky. These are <laughs> two vastly different things. I was not expecting that. And the whole time I was fucking dying. But uh, that was like my first experience doing like Minuteman training. Like the whole like putting it all together. Like soldiering is the, the I think, operator on Instagram says. That was the first time I've ever done anything like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. Damn, I gotta lose weight, boys. This shit was not good. I made the whole I like made the whole time without handing off my pack, which is kind of my goal. I didn't want to hand anything off, mm-hmm. but I also didn't want to be a burden. So that was my goal. And immediately the weekend after that trip, I think it was October fourth until February fourth or February second, I lost forty or no, I lost sixty pounds. Whew. Yes, that was That's my awesome. goal was to lose sixty pounds just to be able to do it again, and I want to do it way faster. So if we ever go back to Kentucky, and I hope to God we do, I want to kick that spot's ass just to make sure I can. That's my goal. I hope we go back there at some point. Yeah, I'm 225 pounds right now. God help you. You're also probably a lot taller than I am. How tall are you? I am 5'9", 185 right now. I'm 5'9 and a half and 225. God help you, son. But when you were 225, were you fat or I was, were you like uh like probably like, like squatting 500 pounds <laughs> that's we can talk about that later because uh, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean i've always been just really fit. i mean i felt so okay pretty good at 230 pounds dude the guy the other guy that was there I'm, i won't mention his name he was 230 pounds and that dude was flying up these fucking hills like it was nothing and he was carrying the heaviest pack he was carrying a 417 and he was flying and i was like dude what the fuck are you on it all <laughs> i couldn't depends believe on like, it it all depends on like how did you get to the weight that you're at dude he's a monster he is absolutely a beast good for him i like this guy yeah he is a monster i the entire time we were rucking i was just like dude 
this dude, whatever this guy's on, I got to get some. Because I couldn't, <laughs> I was in shock. That first night we went to bed, I was so sore and my neck hurt so bad from carrying that fucking bag. I was just like, damn, do I really want to do this? But it was badass. It was, it was a fucking badass trip. I loved it. That right there was like, okay, this is, I definitely, I need to do more of this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, hiking then, specifically through different elevations and terrain is something you just have to do. Oh, hang on. I think again. I think hiking is vastly different. Hike when I think of hiking, I think of like neon colors, my little dinky water bottle that I carry in my hand. <laughs> I think carrying fifty to eighty extra pounds of shit that's not for hiking <laughs> is vastly different. That's so, fair. See, I don't think yeah. of hiking in that aspect. I've never hiked in that aspect. <laughs> Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I hiked without a pack. Dude, I I just always think that's funny. It's like this is one of my favorite things is seeing people or they'll they'll message me on Instagram like, "Hey, how do I get into this?" I'm like, "Have you ever hiked before?" (laughs) And they're like, "Yes," and I was like, "Okay, that's a start." Have you ever walked around with kid on? And they're like, "No." I was like, "Oh man, this dude's in for some shit." (laughs) So I was like, "Okay, well." Go out there, go out, spend a weekend in the woods with your shit on, with like your rifle, your pack, your chest rig, your play carrier, whatever the hell you want. Go from point A to point B and keep some situational awareness. Do some, if you want to do some calm stuff, do some calm stuff. If you want to do some IMT stuff, do that, but just move from point A to point B. They'll come back to me the next day or after the weekend. They'll be like, dude, that sucked. I'm like, yeah, it's not fucking easy. So, and I think that's. That's back to the the civilian versus the 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 service member thing, mm-hmm. Mike. Those motherfuckers, they know. Like, I'm not walking around all the fucking time with 80 pounds on my back, but these motherfuckers over here, they they do that a lot. So, that's something that I can. Hey, do you have any tips and tricks on this? And I may I work with fucking radios all the time, and they be like, Hey, how do I work this radio that's not a military radio? I'm like, Okay, I can help you. I can do that. And that's that's all it is. Help each other back and forth. He may have a skill that translates. I may have a skill that translates. Blah, blah, blah. Just back and forth. But, that was a major learning curve for me. Just a little off mm-hmm. topic. When I got in the military was military radios to civilian radios. Yes. Completely different. Yes. That's one thing that Coniferous talks about all the time is how, like, he's, obviously he's he does radios in the military, but I don't think he knows too much about civilian radios, and I think he's admitted that, and... I mean, I don't know anything about military radios. I, I know a little am, bit about civilian radios. I am diving into the whole civilian world of comms right now with comps and logistics. He's been helping me a ton. Dude, that guy is a fucking good dude. He's a good he guy. He is a great, yes. Absolutely big, phenomenal big human man. being. Yes. I ask him fucking questions all the time. We, dude, I, he's probably been on the, like, we've called each other for, like, probably 10 or 12 hours at a time so far with him trying Ooh. to help me set up Very my, nice. my group's new comms. Yeah, he's a great guy. What, Big what fan you got? What radios you got? We moved towards the XTS 5000s. Oh. Oh, very nice. I got a 2500 that is very nice. See, and we, we talked about that, whether we wanted to go 2500 or 5000. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're doing 5,000s as the standard, but if guys are looking for something smaller or looking for something cheaper, we're like, all right, 2,500s mm-hmm. is fine. 
Like for me, I, seen, I, I got the the five thousand, but I'll probably mm-hmm. get a twenty five hundred just to keep in my vehicle or something like that. Yeah, or to keep in I my feel pack you. that I take with me all the time. I've I've been thinking about grabbing a second twenty five hundred just so I can run dual comps because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> or do I spend the extra money and get a five thousand and just be the more expensive dual comps? Mm-hmm. Which that in itself is a whole different fucking ball game. The big ball game changer is HF. That I'm not is, that cool yet. That's beyond that, my pay grade. That is a realm that I am lost. We're actually doing. Uh, I'm getting ready to buy a directional antenna for my Motorola Ooh, to play with. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. I have not, I've never messed with one before, but I'm hoping to get some use out of it this next trip. I've got so. like 47 projects I'm working on right now. <laughs> it Dude, just story of my story of my life: comms, books. Instagram, setting up kit, un- mm-hmm. like taking apart kit, fixing rifles. It's just fucking... I have I, no time for school. I have no time for anything else. I recorded the first episode of the Modern Minuteman series that we're doing on YouTube today. It's all about um, like the unit structures and like the chain of commands. Mm-hmm. So like, I think, let's see, if I remember, we, we covered fire team size element the squad size element platoon size element and company size element and i did it in two everybody's getting a sneak peek the video is probably already out by the time this drops but i did like kind of talked about it in two methods of like this is what they teach you like conventional side and then this is how you can implement it on the minuteman side mm-hmm. so yep. definitely uh definitely just busy as hell all the time nonstop. it's definitely a never-ending thing Hell, in a few weeks, I gotta start packing for the trip. I got way more stuff I gotta pack than normal, especially calm stuff. Yeah, that's another thing I'm trying to think about is how I'm gonna start implementing this new level of comms that we're at into the overall pack scheme. Yeah, I do. It's a never ending process, it never Mm -hmm. stops. No doubt. Adding new things to gear to try out is. I fucking love it. It's one of my favorites. Especially like going out it. with dudes and be like, here, I got this thing. Let's see if it's dog shit or not. And then you see, oh, it's actually badass. Or, oh, this is actually horrible. I'm never using this fucking thing again. I, feel, I love it. Because, like, we're in the phase right now where we're trying to add, like, abilities to the group. Drones, different mm-hmm. comms, like, all that kind of stuff. Dude, we have to get, we've got to talk about drones. Oh, we can definitely talk about drones. You want to talk about drones? Dude, yes. Drones Those are a things. game changer for the civilian, man. Last time we went training, one of my buddies brought a drone. And that fucking thing, this was like right after the start of the Ukrainian, Uk- Ukraine-Russian war ordeal. Mm-hmm. Right, like right after the start. Maybe, well, was it a... Oh, no, it might have been a few months. Yeah few months just hearing that fucking thing after watching some of the videos was like holy fuck that's scary but i don't know dude it's just using that for like reconnaissance trying to find shit just like the most basic of tool just hey what's in front of us Mm. fly this thing up 200 feet in the air and tell me what's north of us that is badass absolutely Right when I got out of the Marine Corps, they were starting to implement like the small pack drones into like the standard infantry squad or like the platoon size element. I can't remember if it was a squad mm-hmm. or platoon size element. And I was kind of like, 
like, ah, I mean, that's kind of cool. That seems like a lot of work. And then on the civilian side, the guys started bringing their drones to training and we were doing, you know, patrolling exercises or anything. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. this is cool. Dude, another w- and something, I mean, you can use those for land nav. Oh, absolutely. Hey, pop that shit up, see what that terrain feature is in front of you that you can't see through the trees. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that's this. Terrain associate to your map. Okay, we're only this, we're only like right here. Very rough estimate, but I mean, that in itself is, even if it doesn't do anything else, that's legit. And Very goes, cool. And it goes back to like tracking troop movement like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, like if you're in a, like, let's say you're in a, something horrible is going wrong. The riots are going on, blah, blah, blah. And you've got to go pick up your mom and dad from, you know, XYZ and it's, you know, the riots going on. And you grab four buddies in a, in a two-car convoy. You get to mm-hmm. the general AO and you're like, send that drone up. Let's see what's going on out around their house before we pull up. Like that's a yes. That's a game changer. Uh, another thing we did last trip was we were doing live fire bounding with fire teams. Mm-hmm. So like one fire team would practice live fire bounding, then the next one would blah blah blah. One of the guys sent his drone up, and I was like, dude, that is incredible. Just seeing like the progression. There was that I kept having double feeds when we were doing it too. So and you could see how it was like the time it took me to clear that malfunction, how it was slowing the momentum of forward progress with the bounding. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that that was invaluable to me. Just that little bit of info, like how much I was holding up the team from like bounding moving forward. I was like, holy fuck, I got to get better. It like as soon as I got home, I swapped some stuff on my rifle, and I was like, okay, I had to practice double feeds because I cannot have that happen. I cannot stop that forward progress. Drones have definitely changed the scope of the battlefield. A hundred fucking percent. And, and one, they're they're fairly inexpensive. As so long as you know, as long as I mean, so you can get them. You, you can get them on eBay for like two hundred bucks re- refurbished. Mm-hmm. Like it's like if you don't have one, or if like your little group doesn't have one, like you are way fucking behind. You're wrong. Fix yourself. Yes. Yeah, they're they're being used heavily in the Middle East right now. They're being used heavily in mm-hmm. the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Um, Hell, if you want to see how useful they are, go watch some clips from Ukraine versus Russia. Mm-hmm. They will set you straight. Especially like just the lethality of them. That little tiny, thing, especially if we got a small one and it only it can only carry like a hand grenade. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Even the small ones, like, they're a little bit loud, but if you just get it perfectly right and you find out, like, if you have guys test, how how high up in the air can I be before they hear it? That's that's some good info. Obviously, I'm not condoning you drop grenades on anybody. But... <laughs> <laughs> and we're canceled. Yeah, you should look into that, though. That's that's cool. <laughs> that is cool. There's definitely a lot of things that... I mean, we, we even if you're not dropping... Things. This is somewhat of a tangent not dropping hand grenades but imagine if you needed to like get the fuck out of dodge and you needed to drop some smoke grenades or something or some cs grenades like they did in nom mm. i don't know could be useful could not be useful i have no idea I've never done it the possibilities think. are really endless yeah you could just drop a fucking bucket of rocks on dudes i mean that would piss me off enough to maybe not go after you i would also be quite upset if you dropped a bucket of rock of rocks on me yeah, that's why I we wear I'd helmets. Yeah, catch me right in my nose, fucking die. <laughs> so 
you know, we kind of we're starting to transition a lot towards you know talking about civilian capabilities, civilian training, and whatnot. And this was a topic that you added on that you wanted to talk yes. about. Where yes. do you see all of this going in the future? A year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? You know, what does the future look like in, in your opinion? In a year from now, I hope everybody has established comm setup, at least one drone, and I hope they've practiced the most bare bones of small unit tactics. In five years, I hope that they have a well-thought-out logistics plan, be it for food, water, supply, ammo, like ammo, uh, human waste. That's something that nobody really talks about, but that's I'm actually going to write a a little post on that from the uh, special reconnaissance manual that I've been making posts about. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's just ten years from now. I mean, is it is it's it too to much? Ten years from now. Yeah, is it too much to say that you could have like civilian line infantry? Is it too? Is it is that too far? Too far to say? Too far to think? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, it's ten years time. It it could definitely happen if dudes are committed enough. I would be surprised if we made it ten years without a conflict. At this point in time, truly. Um, Maybe I don't, know I, don't know. What, I don't know what scale of intensity that would be on. I, I have yeah. I have low. Um, what would be the word? Um, low confidence in everybody's current state of ability to chill the hell out for a lack of better terms you know there's there's just there's too much I going think, on right now how do I say this I think it's I think you would agree that it's mainly one side doing this causing the problems even though they make it seem like the other side is causing the problems when that's clearly not the truth but yeah if everybody just shut the fuck up and mind their own business which that's never going to happen never that's happen. a fucking that's a yeah. I mean, if everybody just fucking breathed, took a chill pill. I think maybe. there's. I can't remember who I was talking about, like with this the other day, is because you said the other side. But the problem is, there's a lot of other sides now. At this mm-hmm. point. Yes, you that have. Is true. You have, you know, your further left wing, your social, you know, communist type militias at this point. You have mm-hmm. the federal government itself, because even the left is no longer in line with the feds, and the right definitely doesn't like the feds. You have the right wings themselves, which there are definitely you know dangerous aspects of the right wing that you know are amongst mm-hmm. your communities. Um, then you got people that are just here in the center. You've got people that are somewhat right wing, right wing that are you know more chill minded, just want to be left alone. I mean, there's. There's so many different dynamics to all of it at this point in time, and maybe those all start to merge together to form two distinct sides in the future, but right now there's three distinct sides. You have very far left, you have the right, and I would say probably the general everyday person at this point kind of fits into that same category, and then you have the feds who are just out of control and just on a mission to get anybody and everybody at this point. Somebody, I did a questionnaire on Instagram last week, and I, and somebody had asked, "What do you think the future conflict in America is like?" I think this was he. I think the guy who asked is actually fighting in Ukraine right now, and I thought that was interesting that he would even consider that while his country is being invaded. He's probably bored. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was very strange, but I didn't say anything. I just posted a picture of I don't I'm sure you've seen the movie called Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. That I saw I saw your, of, I saw it. Yeah, just of Bob the Butcher and the Boys, and that's I mean, I think that's in my opinion. I feel like that's exactly how it'll be. It's just small group versus small group, some large groups versus I think. There's too many fucking factions. There's too many people that have these weird fucking views and weird, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people on our side are not going to like this, but I don't really give a fuck what you believe as long as you don't hurt people. Like, yeah, I definitely don't agree with a lot of what these other fucking people are saying, but as long as you don't hurt anybody and you just fucking live your daily life without being a piece of shit and not hurt other people, I don't really give a fuck what you believe. Mm-hmm. But I can agree. I can agree. I that. don't like. I definitely do not agree with a lot of these other people's beliefs. Definitely do not agree with it. But as long as you're not hurting anybody, I mean, go play in your fucking fantasy lane. I don't give a fuck. But I think the biggest thing that that we as the community kind of look past is that we focus so much, like, say, on the you know the left side of problem. You know, these Antifa style mm-hmm. militia groups were like, oh, this is the problem. And we're never like, what about all the people that are in your neighborhood that, you know, mm-hmm. may be so far right that's outside of your realm of comfort and, and they want to push their beliefs on you? You know, you don't know. You, you can't be narrow-minded and, and think everything is just one-sided. You have to be yeah. aware of everything all the time and, and all of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got buddies on both spectrums. They're, I got some far-left dudes that I know that I went to school with, and I know some far-right dudes. And I don't really give a fuck. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't. I honestly do not care what you believe in. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, I mean, unless you know your neighbor like he's a friend or she's a friend or whatever, you really have no idea what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And as much as some people want to say they would help people, I think that there are some people out there that wouldn't. But mm-hmm. even if it is your neighbor or your family or whatever. Or Whatever situations out there, I mean, and everybody tries weird to, shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to narrow this down to the groups that are training right now. You know, groups yes. like us, groups like the left, blah blah blah. But nobody takes into consideration the everyday person who's now hungry, or the mob of people that's formed because the community is hungry. The, like how the, much of a the, game changer that is. A husband and wife to try and provide food for their kid, like. And they have no political beliefs. They are just hungry. That's their political belief. Hungry. Hey, that's enough to smoke a dude, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you get, if you do what you got to do, make I sure think, your kids are fed. I think the general breakdown of you know the societal agreement of you know general peace is mm-hmm. is probably the big balloon. It's not the yes. left doing something. It's not the right doing something. It's not the feds confiscating guns. It's when there's not food on the shelves, when your ATM doesn't mm-hmm. work, that is the balloon. Yes. I also think a lot of people are all fucking talk. So. The pro- yeah, and I don't... I don't think you should underestimate people on either side, but I think a lot of people... Like the people that talk shit like, oh, I'll beat your fucking ass that say that over Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, I highly doubt... You're gonna say that to somebody's face. I highly doubt it. 
So the internet has caused these people to grow these massive balls behind their screen. But they know in reality that if they were ever to say that to somebody's face, they'd probably get the fucking dog shit beat out of them because they have no sense of reality behind. That's when they're not behind their screen. So, but as well, hey, there could be, there's a dime a dozen. There could be somebody out there that's really about that shit. And yeah, you never they, know when you're going to run into yeah. those people. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the newest video of the ATF going to the, going to that guy's house to collect the solvent traps? A small bit of it, but I, I see a bunch of people talking about it. I haven't watched the whole thing. That's another. I'm not. This is not me inciting violence to any extent, guys. But like, <laughs> that is another one of those like ticking time bomb type things. Like, mm-hmm. how many times do, do those guys have to go to somebody's house before someone's like, well, yeah, tally ho, lads. <laughs> you talk about <laughs> a dime a dozen. You're eventually gonna find a dime a dozen if that becomes more frequent. Yes. There's some crazy motherfuckers out there on both sides. So, I mean, if if you fuck with them enough, I mean, many such cases, dude, where they fucked around with them enough that they got got, so. (laughs) But as as much as some people don't want to believe it, as much as some people do want to believe it, yada, 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 it doesn't matter, is everybody has a limit. Everybody's limit is different, but everybody has a limit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you should never strive to find that out that should just dude man just leave people the fuck alone i know that's it's it's crazy how everything we've talked about it all comes down to just leave people alone and that pretty much you know this is i was talking to my dad about this a few weeks ago and i was like the moment you're the guy that says i just want to be the i just want to be left alone that's immediately when you're fucked with immediately bad shit starts happening like people just constantly fuck with you after as soon as those words leave your mouth, shit has started every single time. I I don't know why. I don't know. I don't fucking know, dude. The world is just a crazy fucking place, and I I I have I'm just a dude, so I have no idea how to fix it. I don't think anybody really knows how to fix it. I think some people may think they do, but in reality they have lost all sense of reality as well. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's really any simple terms of fixing it. No. I don't even think there's I don't even think there's violent terms of fixing it. It's like I think I mean as much quick. as Instagram has let us help people, I think social media as a whole is just a home of degeneracy and lets these people have a voice and say dumb shit and these outrageous remarks and thoughts and opinions that it just spreads even farther and then you have kids that see the dumb shit and they're like oh I saw this stupid shit today I wonder and then they'll look it up on Google and then Google is just a more even deeper form of degeneracy among these people mm-hmm. well it's funny same with the news a lot of yeah, that it's all is connected. So, a lot of that is so purposely done too by mm-hmm. social media absolutely like like, let's take TikTok, for example. Have you ever heard Joe Rogan talk about TikTok? I have not, but I hope he says it's fucking stupid. I can't remember who he had on, but they had a conversation, and it basically went on to talk about how in China, you know, you, one, TikTok is limited to certain times of the day, so the youth don't stay up all night on TikTok. But TikTok also doesn't push all this degeneracy and nonsense that they do here in the U.S. and in Europe. They push things like academic achievements, musical achievements, like, you know, oh, look at me. I learned how to play the violin. That's what they push in the algorithms in China. But here in the U.S., you know, obviously TikTok is run by China. They push, you know, 
Cindy Luhu shaking her butt on TikTok or people doing dumb dance trends or corny jokes or whatever the hell it is. I mean, I don't even know what to say. That, that's factual too. You can. Right. That's not a theory. That's factual. TikTok China 100% will tell you, like, yeah, we don't allow that shit here. I mean, hey, as, uh, I'm sure a bunch of people that live in America disagree with that, but that's one way to make motherfuckers hard, so. Yeah, if you if you pushed, pushed educational and, like, physical achievements on mm-hmm. youth instead of being like, hey, if one in 10,000 of you do some really dumb dance on TikTok, you will become a millionaire. You love it? Don't you just love it? Dude, we live in a fucking show, bro. We live in a damn simulation or something crazy. I don't. It's been, it just gets weirder and weirder as time goes on. It gets really people say things that make it weirder and weirder as time goes on. This is turning into a, you know, an episode of the undesirable. Individuals. I mean, <laughs> we have a president that can't ride a bike, so that see that. Have you seen? Man, we are we are way off of. <laughs> the the way yeah. I normally do these podcasts, <laughs> we are way off. But have, uh, you ever, have you ever seen the comparison of the two President Bidens that there are? No, but that sounds like it makes sense. So, like, it, it was it was right after like he fell off the bike and he was doing a bunch of press conferences and whatnot. There was people were like, "Here is a clip on said day." of Joe Biden in this location speaking and they would show the clip and then they would be like here is him literally the next day at the next town over giving a speech and it looks like two completely different individuals I wonder if I can find that in my photos I mean I'm not really a big conspiracy theory dude I mean some of them are cool some of them are funny but I don't have the time to be looking into that shit but that's the other thing is like that's just a rabbit hole yeah I don't and, got time for that and it never stops mm-hmm. do not have time for that you don't gotta watch right now but I'm sending it over to you so you <laughs> <it> later okay <laughs> it's like 30 seconds long it's very weird I don't know the world doesn't make sense to me dude I don't fucking know this has been a much different podcast than I thought this was gonna be yeah, the last like thirty minutes have just been absolute chaos. <laughs> but that's been, cool. It's been absolute chaos. And like halfway through, like fifteen minutes ago, I was like, "Damn, we are way out there. We are way off topic." And I was like, ah, "We'll just see where it goes." <laughs> Do we, we want to go back to the uh, the one year, five year, ten year plan? Yeah, we can kind of talk about that. Um, I guess really, and to kind of wrap it back to bring it back into somewhat of a reasonable sense is. You know, to achieve the goals that you kind of talked about of just like progressing in the like mm-hmm. mindset and planning process of, you know, the general civilian, like what needs to be done to change those things? How do we get there based on where we're at? I now? think uh, we definitely need more teamwork between mill and civilians. I think that's number one. I, I have been trying to push that hard as shit the the past few months i'm just like i i even did a you can look on my page one of the little story saver things like of pictures of the guys that i train with like oh this guy's a civilian this guy's military this guy's a civilian this guy's military this guy's a military this guy's a civilian and just a whole bunch of different pictures of that 
And like, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like that. You don't have to be a fucking special forces dude to have useful information or useful experience. And if you're the only civilian in an all mill group, or you're the only mill dude in an all civilian group, I mean, you're you're still an asset. You are a body. As long as you're not a fat piece of shit that doesn't know anything and you're lazy, then you are of some sort of asset. As long as you want to learn, as long as you're there, I mean, you don't even have to have kit because, I mean, I have kit that I'll, I will gladly let dudes borrow. If, if you're down and you want to learn, we'll get you set up. I'm sure your group is the exact same. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other groups across the country that are the exact same. If you're down and you want to learn and, like, you want to be an asset, we'll fucking get you set up. We'll get you squared away. Don't yeah, you fucking worry that. We have definitely lended out gear to like guys yeah. that just come and like try out training or whatever and, they, and they're not a guy with gear mm-hmm. we're like dude don't worry we'll give you a chest rig and a rifle and we'll figure it out from there yeah 100% I mean you don't have to I, I remember I'm in a discord with some other buddies and we, we used to talk about this all the time talking about we would take 10 dudes with condor kit if they knew the bare bones of small unit tactics and they wanted to learn compared to 10 grandmaster shooters and I still stand by that, hundred percent. If you if you have the most bare bone kit and you want to learn, compared to some cocky dude that only wants to shoot on the flat range and nothing else, like you you are of no use to me. That is true. The the will to learn is mm-hmm. a powerful thing, especially as a civilian. Like in this general topic of discussion, I have a guy in my group, and here he he knows I'm talking about him right now. Is this guy? absorbs information and he just doesn't stop learning he or he reads manuals he pays to go to courses he i mean we just non-stop he is absorbing education and i and there's a couple of guys that are actually in his fire team that are the same way they just absorb information and they just get after it it's crazy and they're civilians they've they've always been Dude, civilians but they just i think that get after it there's something i think there's really something to that though you, the way you mentioned that they're civilians dudes in the military this is absolutely no knock to you but I mean you're paid to go to training like yeah you signed up for it but you're you like that's that's what you do you're paid to go do it if you don't sure. go do it you're fucked yep. civilian dudes we're putting all of our own funds and time mm-hmm. like we're not getting paid to do it but these dudes want to do it if they didn't want to do it they wouldn't fucking go out there they wouldn't fucking buy this shit they wouldn't ask questions. They wouldn't do any of this. If they, like, if civilian dudes are asking questions, buying the kit, getting out, doing the shit, be it training, small unit tactics, bushcraft, firecraft, fieldcraft, land nav, fucking building field expedient antennas, all this shit. Doing waterborne stuff, all of this stuff. And that's what I've like, tried to explain to people in the past is like, yeah. these civilians have put this much effort into it. They're mm-hmm. they're worth so much more than any vet that just you know bitched about the military for four years and went through the motions. I don't want to shit on anybody, but yeah, I definitely agree. Oh, I'll shit on them. Screw you, vets. But yeah, I'll let you do that. <laughs> I got this one guy that was in my last unit with me, completely different end of the political spectrum than me. I don't even think he mm-hmm. listens to this podcast at all, and Shocker. he just he can't <laughs> he can't grasp the concept when I talk to him about it about civilians training and you know crap happening here in america so on and so forth 
I, I posted a video to my Snapchat the other night because I can't post on social media and not get my, you know, my uh, hiney smacked. I was like, it was just this city that fell into chaos, firefights, all of it. And I was like, this is what can happen in 24 hours. This is why you should prepare, blah, blah, blah. little motivational rant. And he's like, he, he responded to me. He's like, yeah, because that'll totally happen here. And I'm like, it, and I sent him a, a photo of a cop car on fire behind a building that was on fire in LA during the 2020 riots. I was like, yes, it can. He's like, whatever helps you sleep, man. I'm like, how do you not process that information? Like, how do you just let it go in one ear and out the other? It just that, that whole concept doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, dude. Just don't know. If it's, if anything, the riots of 2020, regardless of your political opinion, should show you that everything can mm-hmm. fall apart very fast, whether you're talking about the COVID lockdowns or you're talking about the BLM riots. Is that I like things- to say that the humans are only good at two things, killing each other and making babies, because those are the two things we've done the longest. <laughs> those are, that's, <laughs> that's at the most a- bare bones view, those are, we kill each other. We make babies. That is it. Those are their, if we're masters at anything, it is those two things. You're not wrong. So we definitely do mm-hmm. those two things very well. Yep. And I think if, I mean, if you're pressed into a corner and you got to do what you got to do, probably going to do it. Or you have these other people that they have this mob mentality, and if they're with a bunch of other uh, questionable people, uh, they're going <laughs> to do stupid shit. And, again, they're probably going to do what they think they need to do, and you should do what you think you need to do. So, if you got to smoke some fools, I'm not condoning violence, but you should probably smoke some fools. You, so, should, be pre- you should be prepared to smoke fools. Yes, absolutely, 110%. Can't tell you when or where. But that's not no. a conversation you've had with yourself. Nope. You need to have that conversation with yourself. Yes. People be crazy, man. People can be crazy. Uh, here, what's... Let me see. Let me look at my notes. Um, Is there any other uh, big things you want to talk about here? I'm kind of at the, uh, the end of the list on my end. I think... I mean, we've hit the one-year, five-year, ten-year thing. I think... I think that's something people should have in the back of their heads currently. How they want to progress forward. And then, obviously, like, you still have your current training. Figure out what you need to do now. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you need to do next. Like, I always do, like, uh, projects of priority in my mm-hmm. on the yeah, notes of my sure. phone. Like, mm-hmm. things I need to do immediately. Things that I can do, like, next month or next week. And then things that I need to buy or learn within the next year. Another thing that people I think you need to focus more on, and it kind of relates to that long-term plan that you're kind of talking about, is that we're going to talk about it in the Modern Minuteman series on the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. is that you need to plan for how you're going to implement, train, adapt to an influx of people in a sense. So if the you know whatever the world goes to shit, and your group that's been training you know rises up in your little couple county cluster and you're like hey you know we will be you know the the blah 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 we're gonna be the good guys that come to the rescue or whatever you need to be prepared for an influx of people to eventually you know kind of flock to that concept 
Because, yeah, it's hard to recruit right now. People are like, oh, well, I've got the I've got the job and I've got the thing I do on Thursday nights and blah, 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 blah. But like when people have no other choice, you know, what are you going to do when 100 people come to you and they're like, hey, we want to help? Where do you start? What do you do? You better have go? a fucking skill. That's yeah. all I got to say. Don't be gotta, useless. Yeah. You got to have a plan on how you're going to implement those people. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to train them on? Do they, you know, like what you said, do they have a skill? Oh, this is, this just came to the top of my head. I can't remember who, it was somebody on Instagram. I can't remember who said it first, but I fucking love this. Not everybody is a gunfighter. Nope. And I talked about that. You do not have to be the fucking dude with a gun. That's not the only thing that you need. That's not the only thing that's useful. If you can cook, if you can cook for 50 people, that's a skill. That's a if skill. you can build houses, that's a skill. If you know plumbing, amazing. If you know electricity, amazing. If you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, or if you're a vet tech, or you're a vet, skills. If you're a fucking, I don't even know what, a machinist, massive skill. If you're, I mean, if, if it's 2022 and you don't have something that you can teach a five-year-old to be somewhat proficient, like in terms of like, you were good enough at explaining that you can teach a five-year-old. You probably should figure something else out. You mm-hmm. should probably pick it to learn. I talked that. I talked about that today in the YouTube video I recorded. Is you know, like once your organization or your group gets so big, you got to mm-hmm. look at something other than gun fighters. Yep. Hell, somebody's got to stand. I mean, if you got a place with a with a gate, you're gonna need gate guards. You need gate guards. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You need guys gonna that are going to listen to radios. You need guys that will yep. fix trucks. You need guys yep. that are going to write write and collect intel plans. Like, there's other mm-hmm. things to be done. You, I mean, you don't have to be some super high speed to protect women and children if they're yep. back at the whatever kind of base you have set up, such and such, in whatever situation that you're in. I mean, you got to have dudes that are protecting the base. you got to have dudes that are out in the field. you got to have people making food. got to have people bringing in intel. You, there's... A so million much. different fucking things. I mean, and yeah, you really do not need to be as much as everybody wants to be the big hard charging guy that's carrying all the kit, being the badass, saving your buddies, doing all this crazy action shit. Like, you don't have to be that guy. And honestly, I bet there's a lot of dudes out there that you may do all this stuff and you may not be that guy when it, if it really comes down to it. You, it's just the nature of it. So, not everybody's cut out for this shit. Mm-hmm. And... That's. I mean, if shit happens and you you find out it's not for you, then you should probably pick a different thing. So, be yeah. multi-purpose. Yes, hundred percent. Have a. I mean, go look up a. I don't know. There's a million different YouTube videos that teach you fucking everything that you could know. Mm-hmm. Go learn how to be a fuck. Go learn how to suture somebody. Go learn how to set a dislocated arm or a dislocated knee or whatever the hell and like there's so many different things that you could learn that could benefit you or your team or your family or your extended family your extended training family like there's so many things so i i do have one more very important question for you yes what is it thoughts and opinions on your newest title oh god here we go it's uh, coming. It's not good. Somebody mentioned who's your daddy, which is Ooh. a little bit more punny. That is a little more punny. That one's a good yeah. one. Yeah. 
I kind of like that one more than uh, the map daddy, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that's such but, a uh, that's such a playoff, a flannel daddy. Yeah, I I just I'm think so it's glad so I mentioned that one because you got like fifteen <laughs> responses. There was some. I have like five people asking me today on my questions. So <laughs> yeah, there I definitely it, don't like it, but I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Sadly, no. who's your daddy <laughs> in formal in formal settings? map daddy and all others that's okay I, I suppose I'll take it who's your daddy's not too bad but who's your daddy's not too bad get, to, get you a, a little patch with that now, ooh that would be funny yeah, like, I would do ever, that I'll have to think about that Nick uh, like Nick uh, I mean if we want to talk about that we could so I mean we'll not we'll not get too crazy in, on the length but uh the plan is, I've got some back-end stuff that I need to work. I mean, I could ask you some questions on a few things, but uh, as far as classes, expect some more local Indiana. I could do Kentucky, uh, possibly. I could do Illinois. I could do Michigan, Ohio, Missouri maybe. We'll see, but like more local stuff. I've got a spot down in southern Indiana that I will be hosting some classes at. Nice. You got to make people drive to you at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to be... Uh, I've never been on a plane, so I don't want to start. <laughs> so let's keep I'll, it pretty local. I'll drive you guys to Indiana. Dude, I mean, the spot that I'm doing it at is legit. So yeah. I want to do... Uh, I want to do more of the class that I just did, which was uh, land nav and basic patrolling. Nice. wasn't like anything super tactical, but it was just like, here's your small unit... Get from point A to point B with some situational awareness, and here's like some stipulations you need to stay within. So I th I thought it was cool. The guys loved it. There was a uh, LRS vet there that was like, "Dude, this is legit," and I was like, "Uh, that means a lot. That's cool. Thank you." <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was it was badass. So yeah, I I definitely I mean I don't want to be the guy that like charges for land nav, but I mean. I think there's, I think land nav is one of those things that's probably a bit easier to maybe learn in a classroom setting, quote unquote. Yeah. Like if you have somebody there teaching you. For sure. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I would have other dudes come out. Like, hey, if you want to have a spot to teach, I, I would gladly have somebody out. So, hell, if and you want to come teach medical up there, we could probably set that up. Boom, join or, class. Yeah, hey. We could do. We could set something up. I'm sure of it. I know, like 100%. We could set that up. Oh, or if sure. your dudes want to come up and train, we could do. We could definitely do that too. We'll uh, we'll so. chat some more offline about that. That's, uh, that yes. sparks many ideas. Yes, it would be uh, very cool. So many things to come, folks. Yeah, we are. A lot of stuff. We just finished another medical class this past Sunday. I'm looking to probably expand a little bit into Indiana and Ohio as far as just like training opportunities for other people. Cause dry is it's hard to hold classes only in your local area. So many times, cause only mm -hmm. so many people are willing to make X amount of drive. Yeah. So you got to kind of start to dance around a little bit. It would also be nice if I stopped getting deleted off social media, but that's whatever that's here nor there. I feel you. I'll keep sharing the page as long as they keep coming. So, hey, I appreciate you. Yeah, happy to help, man. Well, you got any other closing remarks for everybody? 
Is this where I give dad advice or something, even though I'm not a dad? Uh, you give dad advice. You can give a shout-out to other pages or friends or whatever. You can give life advice. You can give everybody the talk. You know, whatever you want. Uh, Don't be a bitch. Do the hard shit. Hmm. And uh, be there for your boys and your family. Always the boys. Yes. Take care of your dudes. Simple as. Simple as simple does. Yes, sir. Well, well, Hoosier, my boy, this was an absolute pleasure. I am, uh, I'm glad that I was able to get you on for what happened to be a fairly chaotic episode, but we got it done nonetheless. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was going to go off the, on the tangent there at the end, but, <laughs> but did we it? did. I can't wait to re-listen to that. Be like, what were we? Talking oh about? Lord, you may just need to delete that whole part, honestly. That'll be all right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, guys, that wraps up episode nine of the podcast, Land Nav, Technology, and Community. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'm going to only turn up louder. Yeah. Call me what you want to, but you can't call me no coward. No. Shrink the numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down and